0: Stafford with time, and going deep, and hauled in, inside the 40 by Atwell. goal from just beyond the five, Stafford, throws, catch made, touchdown Tyler Higby,
1: there's a souvenir, he's got
0: two today, with an adjustment to the bottom of your screen, the other way it is a screen with Tyron Williams, Tyron Williams gets a block, he's in
1: the end zone, and that's a round touchdown, Seattle. Stafford wants to throw, floats it, touchdown Rams! Kyron Williams,
0: he's got another one. Hey guys, welcome to another East Coast Rams podcast. I am your co-host Ashton here. I am taking over the pod. Zach is having a great turkey turkey day or Thanksgiving with his family, doing a lot of fun family stuff. Andy And so, uh, me and our special guest here, Andy, we're taking over. We're reacting to, um, I don't, I don't know if you can call it a game, Andy, but two teams or one team (laughs) showed up, uh, Kyron Williams is back and a lot talk about a lot to react uh, we are doing this on Tuesday night, so this is after the Monday night game where the Vikings lost.
1: <laughs> if you well, if you can call it a game, Ashton. Honestly, that that was a pitiful uh, excuse for a game to make us sit through on a Monday night.
0: Yeah, so the Vikings lost, and that has a lot of implications on the uh, NFC. Uh, kind of uh manhunt as it goes for the seventh and sixth seeds uh generally andy uh going back to the arizona game uh, what's your initial reactions you're a dolphins fan so uh i wanted to get you on here if you guys don't know he does some of our draft stuff when it comes because he watches a lot of college football and uh there are a few rams players that we ended up drafting that you called out uh one of them had a pretty good game Kobe turner Mm -hmm. A really good game. He's grown into his own, uh, but your unbiased opinion uh, of the team and just want to kind of get your take on this game and then later on
1: team as a whole. Yeah. uh, First off, Ashton, thank you for having me back on. Uh, Zach, hope you're having a good time, taking some relaxation and get back next week. But in terms of the game, uh, the Rams, Ashton, are a completely different team with Matthew Stafford under center, man. I mean, he brings the juice with the team. And I know uh, Cooper Cup wasn't really a factor in this game, but it didn't matter because Stafford was slinging it. But the star of the show, like the intro video showed, Kyron Williams comes back, and does he have a day? I mean, he was – I think, Ash, I mean, you were talking about it. He had more yards than the entire Cardinals team, him alone. Like, Mm. I get it. Cardinals are not a good team. They're somewhat frisky because of Kyler Murray and his, you know, ability to evade the sack and, and kind of push plays out more than they should. But man, it was a slaughter. Um, I know the score was close at some points in the game, but it was it was never in doubt. Rams had it from the beginning to the end. Kyron, welcome back. Rams are vibing Ashton. They're vibing at the right time. I mean, this is down the stretch. They have. I wouldn't say the easy schedule, but there's some definitely some winnable games. And with the NFC the way it is, kind of a bunch of middle-to-bottom feeder teams fighting for the 6th and 7th seed, There, there is a, a reasonable chance that the Rams, if they can win a, a big game coming up this weekend against Cleveland, you can see the Rams in as a six mm-hmm. or 7th seed.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cleveland probably without their second <laughs> quarterback, too. Oh, and Miles Garrett is also day to day. Just a few notes, Andy, uh, before we keep on going over this game. Duke Shelley got placed on the IR. Uh, I was excited when the Rams picked him up, but it looks like his uh, days are numbered at least when it comes to this season. And Quinn Lake is going to miss the next game to a really talented, safe uh, six, a uh, late six rounder. So someone who is finally starting to get a little bit of playing time, making a name for himself, is hitting the injury bug. So the Rams uh, are kind of going to be short on DBs in the next few weeks. Uh, But circling back to this game, um, yeah, just complete domination on both sides of the ball for the most part. I felt like, you know, Kyron Williams, I was a skeptic. Uh, Coming into the season after we drafted him, uh, he frankly, when he did get touches last year, he did not look good. Didn't have a lot of burst, Um, you know, but rookies sometimes take time to learn the playbook. And he's been, frankly, great this season. He's turned my opinion of him around and um, he's worked on the things he needed to. His run blocking is better this year than it was in his rookie year. Uh, which is a big thing with the Rams, uh, and his burst is there. And you can see when he is in the open field, Andy, he is a different player. Um, I feel like he still struggles on the ground to hit the hole, especially through the middle. Uh, that isn't really his game. But when he's, like, catching a pass or uh, going on the outside, he has such a good acceleration ability to break uh, Contact and uh, that's a lot of the game, uh, especially. I was looking at his stat, and ironically, he averages around 3.5 to 4 yards per carry every other game until they hit the first Arizona game. Uh, he would end up getting hurt after that, but he had 7.5 that first game, and the, the second game he had 9.5 per carry. So, something about the Cardinals brings out. Base mode in Kyron <laughs> Williams and he was just he was cooking them like you you see from the game, just every run just destroying him. And this Rams offense kind of fed off of that. And the passing game really didn't have to do much. You saw a tight end room that has struggled all year to gain relevancy, not a single touchdown up to this game. Uh, Tyler Higby pops off, gets two touchdowns, and like 50-60 yards. You see uh, just all the other pass catchers uh, kind of get involved, Andy. Like, what about this Rams offense uh, do you think made it different from its struggles earlier in the season or middle of the season, let's say?
1: Well, obviously this is, you know, low-hanging fruit. Stafford being back, playing to his full potential. I wouldn't say full potential, but he looks healthy. Uh, didn't try to do too much. Was very efficient. Uh, I mean, Cardinals defense is, is not good, so it wasn't too hard. Uh, and then just, you know, not overly relying on, on Puka and Cooper Cup. Um, going to Kyron a lot. He had, I think I was looking at the stats with his target share. He had 18% target share on drop back passes from Stafford. And that's good. Get your running backs involved. If if the thing, if your first, second reads out there, if Cup or Puka is covered, throw it to Kyron on, on like an out route. It looked better. Um, Than we've seen getting those tight ends involved. I mean, Taylor Higby had five targets in this game. That's huge. When two of them ended up being touchdowns. So, you know, yeah, was 40% of his targets were touchdowns Insane um stat there. And just the running game was insane today. I mean, it was yeah, yeah. just Royce Kyron. Freeman. Royce Freeman looked great when he was getting touches. Right. And I mean, you were running so much. You even had Zach Evans, very, very limited come in today and play a little bit. Um, I didn't say they're good, but he was playing. Um, yeah. Offensive line, again, held up, but, I mean, there was not any pressure. It's the Cardinals. They have Buda Baker. Uh, that's They have some
0: good young edge rushers. Uh, let, let's give their edge room uh, a little credit here, because if you look, um, I think it is – I don't know if he got any tackles. Uh are you talking about Xavier Collins? Yeah, Xavier Collins is one. Um, Jalen Thompson, he's, he's pretty good. I mean, again, it's a banged up. Uh, I believe actually their rookies might have been out or one of them. Either way, it is a banged up uh, Cardinals defense. And I said this after the first Cardinals game. Like, you have to take it with a little bit grain of salt. They are a struggling team right now. Um, they look, frankly, more cohesive with Joshua Dobbs at that point in the season than uh, they did with Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, outside of the scripted drive, kind of he looked lost. Um, I mean, really, he was just trying to target his tight end the entire game and occasional throw the Hollywood Brown. And I think that's a credit to the Rams for bottling up the run and kind of limiting, uh, their running game to, you know, uh, pretty low averages.
1: Yeah. Um, Cardinals though, offensively they just don't have many weapons that you're scared of. I mean, Hollywood Brown is fine, but if he's your number one receiver, that's not going to push the needle. Um, he tried to target Hollywood, but little to no avail there. And then, like you said, dumping it off to Trent McBride a lot, um, I like McBride; he has a has a bright future. But when you're two best players in McBride and and Hollywood Brown in your receiving core, it's there's not much you can do. And yeah. when you're going up against a pass rush and and a run defense that had Kobe Turner popping off, like not to toot my own horn, Ashton, but if you go back in the history of this podcast and look at our draft episode that you guys did with with me as a guest, I talked about if Kobe Turner joined up with someone like Aaron Donald. The future. I mean, the ceiling was there. Like the potential was was mm-hmm. so high. I know. Again, it's grain of salt. Cardinals offensive line. Cardinals team as a whole. What can you take from that? But to get two sacks in any game against any team, you're doing something right. So I think the defense is starting to click more. Aaron Donald, still Aaron Donald. Um, Ernest Jones, still that tackle hawk in the middle of the the linebacking core. So, I mean, yeah. it, it's 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 getting better as the weeks go on.
0: Yeah, you can definitely see this is one of the most or it is one of the youngest defenses in the league. And you saw like at points against big teams like the Eagles, they just uh they won't they weren't cohesive enough. And um you can tell these players are growing in confidence, they're learning the playbook more. Um, and that makes a lot of difference, especially when you're talking about a uh, Kobe Turner filling up the uh, middle of that D line, which I still think we need a little bit more. Um, uh, you also have a uh, edge popping off this game a little bit like and then like look at the safeties. Jordan Fuller, he was a tackle machine this game. he was everywhere. He was flying around. And this is one of the heaviest, like, pass deflection games the Rams defense have had so far. So it wasn't like Kyler Murray wasn't trying to air out the ball. It was just this defense was doing such a great job at deflecting it and stopping what they wanted to do with certain concepts.
1: Yeah, 100%. I to go off the pass deflections, 10 as a team overall, the entire game. And you talk about Jordan Fuller he had four of them. Yeah. Insane day to have four pass deflections. Ben was all over the field doing it all, causing nightmares for Kyler Murray, wishing yeah. he was back playing Call of Duty.
0: Yeah. yeah, like I thought Byron Young had a solid game, um, but like Roseboom looks solid. I'm not the biggest Roseboom fan, but I think he, as a deaf linebacker, he had a good day. Uh, we saw Jason Taylor the second. I was kind of happy when the Rams got him as undrafted free agent and he's finally getting some play because of injuries. And I thought he looked solid out there. So, you know, this Rams DB room I've said all year has been underrated. Do I think they're the Legion of boom, like top five pass defense all the time? No. <laughs> uh, but I think for what they're being asked to do uh, with a very mediocre pass rush outside of Byron Young, like and Aaron Donald that's only two people on a six-man front and no one else can really produce heavy pressure until this game with Kobe Turner like they've been I think it was 4.5 is the average amount of time seconds in the NFL for a QB to throw against the secondary and uh we're around 13th when it comes to uh like a yardage given up andy so that's pretty good given the fact that quarterbacks have had a century back there in the nfl guys 4.5 is a long time to sit back there and be able to dole out the ball and like you can see with this the pass rush was a little bit better and thus kind of helping out with the coverage
1: yeah 100 uh, percent. you can't to have a good pass coverage unit you can't ask the, the safeties in the corners to do too much, and what I mean by that is you can't say we're not going to pass, we're not going to rush the quarterback at all. You better stay on your man or stay in your zone and not allow a single thing for multiple seconds—five, six, seven seconds. No, that that can't work. The receivers are too good in the NFL. They're too shifty. They're too athletic. You have to have pressure. Kind of giving a, a different uh, analogy here. A lot of people might know if they've seen me before. I'm a South Carolina Gamecock fan. Sometimes it hurts me. But the biggest reason for our defensive problems this season was we had no speed off the edge. We didn't cause enough pressure. And even if our corners and safeties, which I like, were covering the initial couple seconds, it's that secondary seconds, the, the fourth, fifth, sixth second, when they're still having a the time to throw in the pocket, the quarterback, and they're able to get free. So in order to have a good pass coverage, you have to have at least an a average to good pass rush if you're not getting pressure, you're going to allow the quarterback to sit back and pick you apart.
0: Yeah. Uh, now, their O-line isn't the best in the world, so you you have to take that also into account. But they have some young players that aren't bad, in my opinion. I really like their – I believe it's their new left tackle. I really liked him coming out of college. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is got to deal with. Um A lot of injuries, defense on the defensive side for Arizona, and the Rams took advantage. Rams uh, take this one pretty easily. Uh, Andy, any other thoughts about this game? I mean, it's... No,
1: uh, just the defensive line, the the interior defensive line was just stellar. I mean, it it kind of forced the Cardinals to do something they're not used to, and that's go pass heavy. Um, I mean, they Murray had 45 pass attempts in this game, and they... Ran the ball 15 times, including a run by Kyler. So they just – they weren't doing the normal script of their rushing attack. That's been so effective. James Conner was a non-factor. And when that nice. happens, they're not going to beat you in the air. So if that interior defensive line can keep that up and improve your edge rushers. I mean, you got some winnable games coming up.
0: Yeah. And Trey hodges and almost had a pick six. That would have been – whoo. I pretty excited for him to get on the field a little bit more. Um, not excited for injuries, but you know, you get opportunity, uh, only so often in the NFL and you, you got to take full advantage of it. And the next man up as a lot of teams are saying this time of year and talking about other teams, Andy, yes. <laughs> uh, that's going to be our pivot. Uh, the Rams are now five and six, um, don't worry, Andy. I still remember dark days when we lost three or four in a row. I was mildly depressed. You remember those days as Dolphins fan, uh yes. dark days. Yes. <laughs> Brian Flores, a lot of choke jobs going into the playoffs. No,
1: no, not Brian Flores, man. Adam the ghost of Adam Gaze, man. Uh, yeah, was- yeah, Adam oh. Gaze.
0: Yeah. Uh I don't want to bring up PTSD because I'll I'll <laughs> think of Jeff Fisher. They they're they're both a couple made for, you know, made for heaven <laughs> there. Uh, but, yeah, Andy, this is a 5-16. and 16. The Vikings lost on Monday Night Football. I didn't watch that game because uh, my fantasy team, uh, one of my fantasy t- teams, uh, was in a rough spot, Andy. I was only up 15 going against... Uh, uh, the Bears quarterback, and T.J. Hawkinson. And I, I knew I didn't have a chance. So I didn't watch this game because I was mildly depressed about my fantasy team. Andy, <laughs> you you sounded like you watched this game. but Regret- it, you know- <laughs> Regretfully
1: watched some of the game, a good majority of the game. I uh, wish I didn't. It was abysmal to watch. I thought no one was going to score a touchdown this game. I think there was – if I'm not mistaken, there was one touchdown – to your boy, TJ Hawkinson. But yeah. other than that, I mean, it was awful. Jo- Josh Dobbs, love the man, the pastronaut, threw four interceptions in this game. Four. It was terrible. Vikings couldn't do anything. The running game was barely working. The passing game was not working. And all the Chicago Bears were doing <laughs> was throwing screens to DJ Moore and Cole Komet and the kicking field goals. And they somehow won because that defense, they're playing, man. Irrefluce? As much as he's a terrible offensive coach, he's got that defense working. The addition of Montez Sweat from, from Washington, man. I mean, obviously, they're. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs or anything. They're, they're, they've lost too many games. But defensively, they're going to be frisky and, and help teams like the Rams have a chance to make the playoffs.
0: Yeah, so the Vikings are like, I think they've already announced they're betching Josh Dobbs. I'm like, for who? Like
1: J- Jaron Hall, BYU draft pick. I like Jamie I mean, personally, but he's not going to bring much more than what Josh Dobbs was.
0: Yeah, especially as a rookie starting out. But, you know, we can talk about their scheduling meeting. So, really, you have three or four teams. The Rams are in contention with the sixth and seventh seed. I think Mean, you're conceding either most likely uh, the Cowboys will have that fifth seed. hmm. Either that or the Eagles, if something weird happens with the Eagles I, I, at the I end of the year. I seriously doubt
1: it. I, I mean, doubt it. could, but...
0: But one of those two teams has a fifth seed locked up. So that comes down to the Vikings, the Seahawks, uh, the Rams, and the Packers. Uh, those are really the four teams. Two of those four teams are going to... kind And Falcons, I guess. But... Uh, Falcons and Saints, the only problem with those two teams are one of them has to win their division. Um, so really, you kind of have five teams fighting for two spots.
1: Yeah, um, I think don't cut the Saints out, Ashton. The Rams do play the Saints coming up shortly. I think it's three weeks away, four weeks away.
0: That, yeah, that's a, we have that's a, a Monday night.
1: Uh, I don't think they're a threat because they're pretty mid especially with Derek Carr and how he loves to choke away everything in the red zone, but no, I, I wouldn't, I agree with you. Um, it's interesting, honestly, right? Cause you guys have the two wins of the Seahawks. That's huge. So you have the tiebreaker because of that Seahawks have been playing really bad lately. I, I think Gino is just in, had a great last season. It was a great story that we're seeing that this is not a reliable starting quarterback. And they're gonna to have to go out next year and get one. Um, their defense is
0: fine, but they have not to good play enough. the Cowboys and I think the 49ers. Their their season schedule to end the year is brutal. They play brutal. this.
1: Is, this is their schedule, Ash. I'll read it off. They're at Dallas this weekend, Thursday night game. At San Francisco, at home against the Eagles. That's three losses, most likely. Unless they get an upset against the Eagles, probably. Then they travel to Tennessee. That's a winnable game at home against the Steelers. And the way the Steelers have played last week, once they fired their offensive coordinator, Canada, it's not an easy win. And then they get one pick me up game in Arizona. And if Arizona, they know they're the laughingstock. Why wouldn't they try to beat a divisional opponent
0: and kick them out of the playoffs? So, Even three losses makes it very hard for the Seahawks because they can't tie the Rams. Now, it's a little bit different. Um, If it's a three-way tie, I believe it comes down to uh, divisional, and the Rams already have a winning divisional record with the two sweeps at four. Uh, The problem with the Seahawks is uh, I believe they beat Arizona once, and they lost two 49ers already. So like they're already a three, so they have to not lose a single more uh, game divisionally, and they'll lose that tiebreaker against the Rams anyways. Um, that, that four wins for divisions can be really big, Andy, going into those tiebreakers if it's a three-way tie. I
1: really, uh, I really don't trust the Seahawks in the playoffs. It, maybe it's a hot take. I don't know. I think they're going to miss it. They, they're going to lose three games in a row, and they're going to be outside looking in. And when they don't have a tiebreaker over the Rams, who are they going to be able to overtake, right? I just don't see the Seahawks making it.
0: Yeah, well, the other problem is the Vikings don't have a QB anymore. And uh, their they're schedule is a little bit easier than Seahawks, but not as good uh, – or sorry, not as bad as the Seahawks.
1: Minnesota plays at Las Vegas this weekend. So that's a very, very bad game. Could go either way with the way the two rookie quarterbacks playing against each other. Then they're at the Bengals against Jake Browning and the Joe Burrow-less Bengals. Then they're at home, divisional opponents the rest of the way. Not at home, but divisional opponents the rest of the way. The Lions, Packers, and the Lions in Detroit to finish up the season. So those three divisional games are huge for Minnesota. I think they can split. Lions, maybe the way the Lions have been kind of iffy against, you know, teams that aren't as good as them. But it's another interesting team though. We need to see what Jaron Hall's got before we can make assumptions mm. on how they're gonna play. Justin Jefferson, they have a bye this week. Then they play uh, the it in two back. weeks. Yeah. If he's back, it adds another element. But how much do we trust the rookie quarterback?
0: Yeah, and not to mention like that Green Bay game is gonna be big for the uh, kind of playoff math there. Because mm-hmm. if um, if either of these teams, Minnesota or Green Bay, goes on a run, uh, most likely Green Bay just because of how they've been playing recently and their schedule is probably the easiest. Uh, I would say the Rams have the easiest out of all the contenders right now for the seven, but they have the second easiest. I.
1: Personally, you can we can disagree. I think the Packers are easiest post the Chiefs game this weekend. After well, you the have to game,
0: include the Chiefs game,
1: I, I'll get through it. I agree, but the rest of the way they can win every single game, or at least they're they're in every game. At at New York, at home against Tampa Bay, on the road against Carolina, terrible team, on the road against Minnesota, the one we just talked about, probably the biggest game of the season for the Rams is playoff implication that doesn't involve them. And then at home against the Bears again uh, to finish the season. So it's a very Bears are winnable, Panthers are winnable, Buccaneers are winnable, Giants are winnable. That's four games. You probably put them as the favorites in. Four W's, that puts them at nine wins. So it's then we gotta go look at the Rams schedule and see okay where how the Rams are gonna win four games and compete. And the Rams play the Browns this weekend at Baltimore. I think Browns are the, is the easiest of those two, but Baltimore is going to be really tough. At home against the Commies, so I'll give you that one. That's, that should be a good win there. At home against the Saints, very winnable. On the road against the Giants, winnable game, that's three. Then on the road against San Fran, and historically been terrible against San Francisco, so you have to win this weekend. That's your fourth win. you got to beat the Browns. But it's a little bit tougher, in my opinion, because the Browns' defense is still so good in my eyes.
0: So I think the one thing to look at with the 49ers is there is a possibility they are sitting starters, right? Uh, Depending Mm. on how that one seed looks, because I, I think the Eagles will have a big enough lead. Like if the 49ers are playing for the second seed. Uh, they would have probably already won it by then between them and the Lions because the Lions have a pretty difficult end of the season.
1: I will say this, Esham, and you know the Niners better than anybody, uh, and that fans better than anybody, but if you had a chance, if you were Kyle Shanahan, one of your bitter rivals have to play you with their season on the line, you're not going to try your best to beat them, kick them out of playoff contention, assume, obviously assuming – you have that option, and that oh yeah,
0: I I mean, um, if if it's not as like obvious, like clear, like oh, we're gonna be the two seed no matter what, they're gonna try to win that game, and you know they got lucky in the first game. Let's be honest. I I think the Rams should have beat them. Their quarterback threw like three picks and had two fumbles. That none of those uh, defensive plays happened the game. Made And some of that's on the Rams, but 49ers got a little fortunate. They had balls go their way and some calls go their way. And, you know, if that stuff isn't there, I really think with this uh, Rams offense, if it's firing, which the Rams have shot themselves in the foot a lot this year, uh, if the offense is on, I really do believe this team can beat this 49ers team um, but they they have to play a perfect game and if they have mistakes they're going to lose and this has been a mistake prone execution um struggling offense at points in the season um so you know it, we'll see i, I think it's kind of jumping the gun whether or not our season will be on line there uh still some things have to go our way for the, even that to be a realistic situation.
1: Yep. Um, Just for, I guess, uh, the reference at home for the viewers listening and watching at home, saints technically have a shot as well. Their schedule is also somewhat easy as well. Lions this weekend at home is a tough game, but then they get the Panthers giants, both at home the following two weeks at the Rams at Tampa Bay, and then finish the season against the Falcons, which could decide the NFC South. Maybe, um, I think if I was a betting man, I think the Falcons will get that four seed. I think they after the bye, they finally decided to give the ball to their what, number three overall drafted running back, who's absurd when they give him the ball. I think that's going to help them. Defense is doing much better with Jesse Bates coming back to form. I'll give him the four seed. So we're looking at two spots, right? I think Seattle misses the playoffs. I think we can all agree on that. I think it's they just have a tougher schedule. Tampa Bay. Shoot themselves in the foot too much. Baker Mayfield will not be the guy to lead them in the playoffs. So now you're looking at Minnesota, Green Bay, Rams, and New Orleans fighting it out. And we need two spots, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't trust Minnesota. I just, that's the Minnesota way is to lose in close games, to miss it out. I'm kicking them out. So I'm going to go with the Packers to get the sixth seed and the Rams to get the seventh seed. That's my betting favorite right now. But it's a close, it's very close, but I'm gonna say here first, Rams get the seventh seed. Uh we'll talk about the wild card later, but seven seed, I think it's very possible. I think they're gonna do it.
0: That that Saints game, Andy, is uh that's probably the biggest game on the schedule, uh honestly. Yeah, Yeah. Um I think we've said this a few times um on the pod, mean Zach, the 49ers game and the Ravens game you can lose those and still control your own destiny to a certain point. You have to win every other game. And when you lose any one of those other four games, that's when you stop controlling your own destiny and people control it for you with how stuff goes. Yeah. So you can control what you can control Andy. Uh, But thank you so much for coming on this episode of East Coast Rams. Uh, Andy at any time if you want to go follow this man, get his uh, hot takes, awesome takes. Andy at Andy Sandling 2001. You can find me at RamFan@1. one uh, you can at any time go to eastcoastrams.com. You can find us at East Coast Rams on Twitter, X. Uh, threads, we got all the medias, uh, and you know, thank you guys for listening. Please like and subscribe if you're on YouTube. Tell us down below what you think the Rams will end up, what seed, uh, <laughs> their record. Uh, I will. S- Andy. Before you-, mm-hmm.
1: before you go, on the record. Will the Rams make the playoffs? Yes. Ooh, we heard it here first, Ashton, the Ram fan. I I think
0: I had us going like uh, nine and eight. Uh, I was I was between seven and ten wins. Uh, But if you, I think I said if you put a gun up to my head, I would say nine kind of averaging it out and you know, this team is better than what I thought it was going to be. It, it really is. Uh, but the problem is they're inconsistent and they show flashes and they can't consistently do that on either side of the ball. And um, if you can do that for four quarters, I really think this team can beat any team in the NFL, uh, but they're young and uh, they just haven't proven that yet. And you know, I think the future is very bright for next year. Well, that cap space and a first round pick, Andy. It's been so long. <laughs> I feel like I've aged so much. <laughs> I thought I was gonna have a child by time we picked in the first round again.
1: And I gotta pick a good first round pick, so that's the the fun begins with the first round pick.
0: Yeah, and what about your Dolphins? Do you think you're gonna get that number one seed? Uh,
1: if I'm being realistic, no. If I'm being completely biased, of course. But, no. I like the Dolphins. I don't think we're true Super Bowl contenders, but I think we will be in the mix for a divisional and conference appearance, so.
0: Yeah, uh, we've always said uh, Rams versus Dolphins Super Bowl. That would be one that we would definitely... uh, Yep. try to go to because i don't think that will ever happen again in our lifetimes and that would it's be possible crazy. <laughs> it's possible a seven seed rams team versus a uh let's say number two seed dolphins i think that would be a lot of fun and we would get cooked but i would enjoy <laughs> seeing tyreek hill catch all over us oh yeah that would
1: be. That'd, i would too so that'd be fun
0: <laughs> yeah All right, Andy, thank you for jumping on. Thank you guys for listening, and, uh, you know, horns up. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye.